Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego, California. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And my name is Dawn Starry, and I'm a first-year seminarian at Swanee in Tennessee, and I am through the Diocese of San Diego. Isis of San Diego. And our friend. Yes. Our friend Don. And your friend. Yes. Our friend. Our seminarian and friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because you're in Tennessee doesn't mean you get to be rid of us. That's right. I love you all. I don't want to be rid of you. <laughs> we love you too. Uh, Don, thank you for being on the podcast today. All the way from Tennessee. I'm glad to be here. We're so glad you're here. Uh, and like every guest, we would love to hear from you. Uh, where you saw God this past week in your life, in your work, in school, uh, in anything? Uh, so we, I, this past week in particular, I continue to be just really struck by the community of people I've met here in Swanee. Um, it's just been a real gift. I mean, I had like zero expectations of what seminary would be like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I... I just am really moved by the tremendous people that I'm meeting. And even though we're on break, a number of us are here. So we've gathered safely at a distance Mm -hmm. Um, and have had a couple of fires because, you know, that feels safe to do Mm -hmm. and be outside and roast some marshmallows. And it's just, um, it's just been really life giving. Mm -hmm. There was a little gathering yesterday um, where we had a campfire or fire we're not camping, so just the fire? I don't know. <laughs> this whole, like, outdoors thing is kind of new to me. <laughs> um, so it's really, it's just been really life-giving. It's been great. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. That's awesome. Yeah. That's and awesome. I think that technically it's a campfire wherever it takes uh-huh. place. Because if you say we had a fire, uh-huh. that sounds like I you know. burned something down. Right. So let's just Especially go with for, a campfire. Like, Southern California. Yes. Yes. Right? That's like, dangerous language. <laughs> right. Campfire contained within a, a thing circle. that makes yes. it safe. A mm-hmm. thing that makes yes. it safe. <laughs> oh, I know. Okay. Well, that is awesome. That is awesome to find uh, find God in that community. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, we are going to move on to our gospel for this week. We excitingly get to talk about John the Baptist again. Woo! Uh, we are talking about the gospel uh, in this week leading up to January 10th. It is the first Sunday after the Epiphany, which just happened. Uh, well, it either just happened if you're listening to this after January 6th, or it is about to happen, mm-hmm. or it's happening yes. if you're listening to it on Wednesday, January 6th. So The Faith to Go podcast transcends time. It really does. Mm-hmm. 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 Just like the word. <laughs> and so... Uh, we'll be talking about <laughs> we'll, be t- we'll be talking about the gospel for the first Sunday after the Epiphany, uh, which is also known as the uh, baptism of our Lord because it is always the story of Jesus's baptism from one of the gospels. And as this is Mark's year, year B, we'll be hearing from uh, the Gospel of Mark. So Charlotte will read it, uh, Mark one four through eleven. And then each of us will take some time to highlight a point that we uh, we see in the reading that we'd like you to take into your week of faith discussion or reflection. 
And while you're having those faith discussions and reflections, we would love to hear from you if any questions uh, come up, any stories or comments you'd like to share with us. You can email us, faithtogo at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, www.myfaithtogo.org. You can also contact us through or follow us on Instagram. And now, Charlotte will read the gospel. Mark chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. All right. Uh, I forgot to mention before, Charlotte and I are in the same place we together are. recording right now. And we are safely at a distance outside in my mm-hmm. backyard. Mm-hmm. And you may or may not hear some airplanes flying throughout the episode. So pay no attention to the airplane noise or the outdoor noises at all, unless they're comforting. And then you can <laughs> put this on at night while you're falling asleep as a uh, background white noise. <laughs> so, uh, here we are back uh, talking about John the Baptizer, John, a.k.a. John the Baptist. Um, and we're talking about, talking about him now because we're celebrating the baptism of Jesus. So actually, when we talked about John in Advent those two times, uh, we were talking about John and we'd get right up to the point where Jesus was going to be there and get baptized and we'd stop because we were in Advent. We were mm-hmm. still waiting for Jesus to come. But now we get this uh, in Mark, these last verses, 9 through 11, of Jesus' baptism and what happens at Jesus' baptism. So uh, you don't need, I don't need to tell you where we are because we're right at the very beginning. Uh, we, we start, the f- verse 4 starts right after that, those verses from Isaiah that we did talk about in uh, Advent. Uh, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice crying out in the wilderness. And then John appears on the scene, just kind of bursts into the wilderness uh, doing his thing. So that's where we are, uh, and that's that's why we're talking about it, because today is, or this Sunday is uh, the baptism of our Lord, and Charlotte has the first point. I do, I do. And I have to say that as I read the scripture for this week, as I was preparing, I really was struck with the image of the people that were lined up to be baptized by John, right? Like... A queue at Disneyland? No. Lining up to be baptized by John the Baptist all along the banks of the river. And in my head, I can picture them um, streaming away from the river, waiting for their turn at repentance, waiting for their baptism by John. And we know because we hear just a few verses later about Jesus coming up out of the water that this was a submersive experience, that they were all the way in the water, baptized, and then the repentance washed over them as they came up out of the water. 
And I love that image, that image of being washed clean, of letting go of things that that did not serve us, that we did not do well, that we struggled with in our lives. I love that image. But immediately following it, after Jesus has come up out of the water, we have the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And we've heard that, you know, one is coming after John who will baptize with not with water, but with the Holy Spirit. So here we have the Holy Spirit descending on Jesus like a dove. And it's hard to imagine this descent like a dove without saying, well, did the dove smack into his head? Like, mm. what, what is this imagery that, that we get with that? But instead, what I see is that parting of the sky. And you almost can see this beautiful glow coming down behind the dove and washing over Jesus, right? Like this washing over him with the Holy Spirit. And I love it because we get so many different images for the Holy Spirit, right? We have wind, we have fire. But in this one, with the descent of the dove, this beautiful glow is what image pops into my head of being bathed Mm -hmm. in the Holy Spirit and how that is our opportunity to be to be connected to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit in that way. When we consider that the Holy Spirit is moving in this world at any time, moving in us and through us in all of these different ways and aspects of our lives, I love the idea that I have been bathed in that Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That as I'm walking through this world, that every step I take is with that like coating. I don't want to call it armor because to me, it's not something that protects me. Mm-hmm. It's something that imbibes me with the power to do God's work in this world that moves me um, in the way that we always think that the Holy Spirit is moving. We always have that with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is moving. Well, the mo- Holy Spirit is moving in me and through me. And I just, I just feel like that coating, that joy of mm-hmm. being coated in the Holy Spirit as part of it. Yeah, and I love, I love tying it to I love the idea of like the the Holy Spirit kind of mirroring the water of baptism and the same kind of like action that 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 to be thinking about like a dove descending is so very like peaceful and nice mm-hmm. but to think of like baptism was supposed to be like a you know like a full immersion like you're saying and like really like you feel like you're going to die <laughs> <laughs> and then you get pulled out and then so much so that later Paul will describe it as being buried and resurrected, Mm -hmm. you know, and that that same thing happens with the Holy spirit that like, it's, it is a, it is this kind of, it is described like a dove, but it could also be like getting like fully submerged in the Holy spirit and feeling like you're going to (laughs) die and then being brought (laughs) back out or something like that. You know, like it doesn't have to be, it's not necessarily going to be super peaceful, uh, and, but it is, it will be immersive, you know, and it will set mm-hmm. you on your, on your path. It yeah. will, it will push you on your mission. Um, but like the two things kind of are go together, you know, that it's not just like this, like super intense immersion in baptism. And then this very nice, no. kind of like descent of the dove is like, ex- like really being, submerged in both things well and i also like the fact that we get so many different images for the holy spirit like it's a little difficult to explain the holy spirit right Right? and maybe that's why we get the wind and why we get the fire and why we get the descent of the dove Mm -hmm. because like sometimes the holy spirit moving in us is you know the big push and the the wind behind us or a smack in the face whatever it is that you're encountering in this immersive experience with the holy spirit but sometimes the holy spirit can be a gentle nudge and we have to be paying attention 
in those instances as well. And I like the fact that there are so many different descriptors and that in it being a fully immersive experience, it means that we need to pay attention to how the Holy Spirit is moving right now. I think that goes into my point because I have the next point. <coughs> and thinking about, you know, the Holy Spirit moving in unexpected ways, God moving in unexpected ways. I'm thinking about this uh, gospel um, in light of kind of this whole this whole history of uh, Israel and the Hebrew people and uh, and this kind of community of Jewish people within which this whole thing is happening. And I've been reading this book this past week. Uh, it's called The God Who Sees. And it was a Christmas present. Thank you. Shout out to Kathy Wilder, uh, a uh, podcast all-star. Uh, it's written by Karen Gonzalez. And um, she immigrated here with her family uh, from Guatemala. And so she writes, she essentially is like, she's doing like a scriptural and like uh, like a an interpretation of scripture and sacraments through the hermeneutic of of immigration Mm -hmm. and on highlighting all these incredible stories of people who immigrated in scripture that really this whole like our whole faith is based on people immigrating and moving around to different places foreign lands places that they're not from and that god works through these amazing people and so it really is like a whole a whole a whole kind of uh lens of recognizing like that god moves in these unexpected people and she has this cool way of like describing her her grandparents uh her grandmother specifically who like worked in someone else's house and cleaned and took care of uh children and that that was like she was doing she understand her she understood herself as doing god's work you know while maybe those you know while maybe those more affluent parents saw themselves as doing important work yeah and that there is no such thing as unimportant work mm-hmm. in God's eyes, that God sees all the work that we do for all the things that we're doing and all the people that are doing it. And there is no kind of unholy work being done by anyone. And I just, I was, I was I've been so struck by that this week. And I'm just thinking about John in this context, in this time, John the Baptist. And really just like how the, like we we look back now on this on this Bible and this nation of Israel, this Hebrew people, and we think about them as these really huge like pillars of history. And it's amazing how human history has been formed by this story. But every really every person in this story is uh, was essentially a to- totally insignificant person in their con- in their like world context. Yeah. You know? The nation of Israel was just kind of a pawn used by superpowers throughout human history. You know, none like it's like this tiny uh, wandering nation of people that is being like overtaken and uh, exiled and all these things, you know, and and yet they are like the the crux of human history Mm. (laughs) in a lot of ways. And that all of the all of the stories of the people highlighted, God is constantly working through through people that shouldn't that like in terms of the cultural expectation should not have been the important people. And John, I think, is one of those people, you know, like John is this eccentric guy standing out in the wilderness wearing crazy clothes that he made by himself 
So he's like a person not taking part in the culture, not taking part in the economic system, not living up to people's expectations, right? But he's doing what he knows he is mm-hmm. called to do. And and I just I love that we look at John the Baptist now. We've talked about him already three times in like six weeks. So we know how important he is in our in this story. But he was not important to anybody then. Yeah. Um, but he was important to God, mm-hmm. you know. And so I just I love that idea. And I just wonder how we can take that into our thinking about ourselves and about other people and about our lives and the work we do in our lives that like John in a way is not just baptizing Jesus in this story, but baptizing all of the kind of things that we believe to be insignificant, whether that's other people that we see in the world or that's ourselves or it's work that we're doing or it's parts of ourselves that we don't like, or it's things that we do in the world that we think are unimportant or mundane tasks or unextraordinary things that we do. It's like there is no such thing as an unextraordinary thing in God's eyes, that there is no such thing as work that God doesn't work through in us. And so that each and every thing we do, we can know that God is there with us, working in that, working alongside us, even if it's this, the, the most kind of normal thing or a thing that we don't even like doing but it's like everything we're doing if we're doing it for the sake of god's mission if we're bringing attention to it you know it is holy work whatever we are Mm -hmm. doing wherever we're doing it yeah and i think david i want to respond to that but i also think that it's the most beautiful transition to don's point (laughs) um so instead of responding i'm gonna throw to don (laughs) thank you um so the part that strikes me the most in this particular passage is this in this very profound moment right this is like as jesus is entering into public ministry um and then as you already was or pardon me as it was already described like the imagery and then the dove coming down but i'm just so struck by struck by god saying you are my son, the beloved. Mm-hmm. And that God is love and God loved Jesus so much and that God loves us so much. And I think this does go to your point too, David, that like regardless of who we are and like regardless of how we are viewed by society, we are loved by God and we don't have to do anything to earn that love. Mm-hmm. It is, we just are loved and God calls us and taps our shoulder and encourages us to do things in this world. Um, but sometimes we may say no, or sometimes it may take us a really long time to say yes, like my personal experience, and that God continues to be on this journey with me and to love me. Um, and it, and two, right, like whatever we're called to, it looks different for each of us, mm-hmm. but it isn't, if my call is more public in, in the world and I'm, become well-known, I'm no more important than somebody whose call is like living that out in maybe a more quiet way. Mm -hmm. 
that God loves us, that we are God's beloved children. And I just, I don't know, it's just the idea of how much God loved Jesus and how much courage it took. I would imagine that it took to, I mean, I don't know what kind of wrestling Jesus perhaps you know well we know we do know right like as he's about to enter into the passion like in his prayer saying you know if this if this cup can pass me over mm-hmm. but it's your will to be done mm-hmm. right so that jesus is still human fully human and fully divine and with that humanity of course comes anxiety mm-hmm. and but that god is with with Jesus throughout and with us as well, even in our in our fear and in our insecurities, yeah. that we are not alone. Yeah, and Don, I wish, I wish that the lectionary lined up the way I wanted it to, but I believe it's the week following this that we get Psalm one thirty nine. Um, I was pulling the Psalms this last week for some work I'm doing with the children at Christ Church, and in Psalm one thirty nine, that language is "You are fearfully and wonderfully made," right? Mm. And I love that language so much because it speaks to the care that was put into all of creation, but into each of us. And that has to do with the belovedness, right? Like everything Mm -hmm. about you that you find not satisfactory um, is part of your belovedness. It is part of how you Mm -hmm. were made. Each thing that you see room for improvement in was fearfully and wonderfully made. And that doesn't mean that we are supposed to sit complacently with our flaws and be like, well, it's perfect just the way it is. But it does remind us that part of the journey, part of our likes work is accepting that we are beloved children of God. God doesn't set the limitation on that. We do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and I love that um, what you said about how, you know, God is. God is there <clears throat> in the fear and and in the questioning because it's it's like from the moment after Jesus kind of touches this deepest truest identity as the beloved son of God the immediate next thing Mark decides he he does is go into the wilderness and be tempted so that there's this automatic kind of questioning when we for a moment we can feel that belovedness and it almost feels like my next thing I need to do after that is to question if that's true or not. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. And I think that is kind of like a natural human reaction to question who we are, to wonder uh, and, and to, I don't know, almost be, it's like, yeah, because it, like you said, like his journey begins with that questioning and it ends with that questioning and, and somehow like holding the mystery of that, uh, is is a holy experience, a holy part of the journey that Jesus exemplifies. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's three points Woo. for the day. We did it. Uh, point number one was uh, Charlotte's, and it was about the this immersive experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, the immersive experience of the Spirit. How sometimes it smacks us in the face like a <laughs> wild bird. <laughs> That's not what I said. Um, <laughs> that sometimes <laughs> it pushes us, but it is always, uh, mm-hmm. we are always immersed in it and uh, always, you know, pushed into new and unexpected places. Uh, the second one was mine, and it was about kind of this whole history of of what, you know, culture would have thought of as kind of insignificant or unimportant people or 
people, groups that God is constantly working through and uh, highlighted by John the Baptist here and really even Jesus uh, at this point in, in his life and work. Uh, that God is always working through the unexpected, the people that popular culture or uh, dominant culture would like to write off and uh, not see. God sees everyone. And then that went into uh, Don's point, the third point, which was about Jesus as the beloved uh, and that identity of belovedness that we all hold and have and that we question always, as Jesus did, but that God is there uh, no matter what we're questioning or where we are. So having heard those three points, we uh, would love for you to read this gospel again and see what jumps out to you. We'd also love to know if you have any questions or comments, any pushback or stories or thoughts about uh, the discussion we just had, uh, any stories from your week of uh, reflection or discussion that you have. You can always email us, faithtogo at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, www.myfaithtogo.org, or you can contact us or follow us on Instagram at faithtogo. Don, thank you for being here again. So fun. So glad to be with you all. Have fun. Y'all. We hope you have so much fun this next semester. Mm-hmm. When does school start again? School will begin February 1st. Mm. They pushed it back two weeks mm-hmm. to shorten our semester again in hopes to keep us all safe from COVID, which we managed to do in the fall. Great. We are able to stay in person the whole time. That's wonderful. Because awesome. we didn't have any outbreaks. So that was great. Cool. And we will be thinking about you at the beginning of February. Yes. Thank you. And for all of you who are starting school again, whether that's children starting school or whatever you might be doing, uh, we will be back next week for the gospel leading up to January 17th. Until then, we say goodbye. Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody. Bye.